Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'na bima 'allamtena ve zidna ilmen nafi'ah. Allahumme erinel hakka hakkan ve erzukna ittiba'ah ve erinel batıla batılan ve erzukna ictinabe. Rabbi şrahli sadri ve yessirli emri ve hlul uqdatan min lisani yefqahu kavli. Esselamu aleykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedeuzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. A rough translation of the text we will be studying in this episode, we will be reflecting upon in this episode, inshallah, will be posted at this website too. You can go to the podcasts, then words, then the 16th word, and scroll down to the relevant section. As that also implies, we will now continue reading the 16th word and inshallah finish it too. That's the goal for this episode, inshallah. The 16th word is a commentary on, is inspired by the following verse. أَسْتَعِذُ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّمَا أَمْرُهُ إِذَا أَرَادَ شَيْئًا أَنْ يَقُولَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونَ فَسُبْحَانَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ مَلَكُوتُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ This is the 36th uh, chapter of the Quran, Surah Al-Yasin, the verses 82 and 83. When he, God, wills something to be, his way is to say be and it is. So glory be to him in whose hands lies domination over all things. It is to him that you will all be brought back. Ustad Nursi then says, Written to afford some inner sight to my blinded lower soul by showing four rays from the luminous light of this verse that should be a source of reassurance for my soul and dispel darkness. Um, the issue is there are some um, aspects of reality that if you were to look at them with a superficial uh, approach we could possibly think that there are contradictions in them however if and when we look with a deeper a more cognizant look when our inner sight is open to the matter then we see that it is not contradiction it's actually miraculous and it is a beautiful majestic reality as reality is so in this treatise the 16th word Ustad Nursi clarifies uh, some such issues and it is composed of four rays uh, we read through the first three Inshallah, in this one, we will continue reading the fourth ray. Uh, it is not as much uh, of an explanation of a contradiction, but rather a very beautiful explanation, explication, elucidation of the question of presence, huzur. 
our presence before God. Uh, the um, you know the famous hadith Jibril, the prophetic tradition uh, of Gabriel and he comes to the prophet among his companions while he's among his companions and asks him you know what is iman what is faith what is islam and what is ihsan and the definition of ihsan that we get from there is to worship god as if you see him even if you do not see him you know that you he sees you something like this and that is definition of presence that we go about our lives live in this world with a clear definite um, and impactful transformative understanding and feeling uh, consciousness awareness that at all times we are before God he is seeing us as if we see him uh, and that, as, as I said, that is transformative. And especially prayer, right? Prayer is when we stand before our Lord, we enter His, His presence. And in this treatise, we talked about, try to understand questions of closeness and distance. You know, that God is closer to us than, than our jugular veins. And we are so far away from him so we try to make sense of that and the last discussion in that vein that we are going to talk about is this um, attainment of presence attainment of God's in a sense audience uh, entering into his presence in prayer in a Hajj and other rites and rituals of Islam and how these are opportunities for us to feel that presence and how there, how there is a barakah, how there is a blessing in them that gives us that opportunity even though even though we may be so lowly, so sinful, so not deserving of any of this but the act itself, the, the, the form of worship itself, the rite itself carries this quality this opportunity that once we enter into it we are given this blessing the gates of um, presence open for us and therefore we can benefit from it unless we are really off off the chart and you know completely heedless and don't even know what we are doing even we can't even carry the intention in our hearts that we are be you know we are in, involved in that worship right but if, if we could at least get the intention from the get-go right like without ostentation um you know with, with with awareness with consciousness that we are before god we are entering into this ritual this worship form of worship right then inshallah it carries this opportunity to um to to to put us in god's presence so bismillah the fourth ray so, oh my, lazy soul, so my soul, lazy soul. We can remember this from the ninth word where the soul had said, well, you know, you say prayer and it is good, but, you know, five times a day, five times a day, it's, it's too much. Right? The, the lower soul has this tendency to, you know, if you, suggest a 
and entertainment and worldly entertainment is going to run after it and perhaps spend the whole night sleepless watching a movie perhaps right and it's not going to complain the next day it will be you know suffering and like but it's not going to complain but if you tell it okay come on here like five minutes you need to pray it will get lazy and it will start to find excuses and it will suddenly start to feel all these impulses coming from the body that tells you know i need to sleep i need to do this it will start to remember things that needed to be done although it didn't remember any of that while it was playing this computer game for you know two and a half hours straight so the that's a trick whoever observes himself or herself carefully will recognize that that's a trick the trick of the soul the lower soul and it is lazy when it comes to doing good doing things that are actually going to be beneficial here and in the hereafter so my lazy soul bir nevi miraç hükmünde olan namazın hakikati sabık temsilde bir nefer mahzul lütuf olarak huzuru şahaneye kabulü gibi mahz rahmet olarak zat-ı celil-i zülcemal ve mabud-u cemil-i zülcelalin huzuruna kabulündür. The reality of prayer. Now, there are aspects of prayer. There are the motions of prayer. There are the um, things that we recite in prayer. There is the intention of prayer. There are, the, there are the conditions of prayer. And there is a reality of prayer. What is it really that we are doing when we, um, you know, stand before our lord to pray and go to prostration when we seal the world off of our engagement for prayer the reality of prayer which is in effect a kind of ascension mi'raj the ascension of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam um to god's presence right leaving this seen realm this realm of you know materiality uh, ascending through various ranks and levels of realms of existence and reaching the very end of very end of the created realm and there in a you know timeless time in a spaceless space in a state let's let us say presenting himself in an with himself the worship the greetings the salutations good intentions of the entire creation including human beings but everything else before our lord as a representative of the as a representative of the creation before the creator and then coming back from the creator all the way back to the world as a representative of the creator among the creation as a messenger of the creator among the creation so that's miraj and we know from prophetic tradition that uh, the prayer and especially prostration in prayer is the miraj the ascension of the believer before his lord so the reality of prayer which is in effect a kind of ascension miraj is your admission admission to the presence of the majestic entity before you know to, to god's presence but there's a uh, clarification here owing to untainted mercy i.e owing to pure 
mercy nothing else involved in this it is not due to your effort it is not due to your capacity it's not due to you know something that you do not nothing from your property or power right it is owing to due to untainted mercy the reality of prayer is your admission to the presence of the majestic entity who has beauty and the beautiful worshipped one ma'abud who has majesty so there in that state we see our lord in the perfection of his beauty and majesty together and that when beauty and majesty come together that is perfection right we talked about this before uh, scholars have um, thought of classified or categorized god's beautiful names and attributes in three major categories the the attributes of beauty ar-rahman ar-rahim al-jamil al-razaq al-wahhab al-wadud right these are all uh, beautific jamali names and then al-qahar al-jabbar and these are majestic names of al-jalil the, the the names of our attributes of majesty when they are thought together and in the creation they are manifest together right that is perfection that is perfection so lafzul jalal for instance allah right that is the name that combines all names so that is the the the, the ultimate uh, kamali name of perfection so the reality of prayer which is in effect a kind of ascension is your admission owing to untainted mercy to the presence of the majestic entity who has beauty beauty and the beautiful worshipped one who has majesty similar to the admission of the private soldier in the previous analogy to royal presence owing to untainted favor now this of course is from the previous episode and we will just quickly go back and try to remember what that was about right so we were talking about uh, the, the the question of closeness and distance and we tried to understand that uh, through the analogy of a private soldier in relation to the king or the king in relation to a soldier in his army so the private soldier can be quite far off like he might be in a far off borderland of the country and he is you know utterly far from the king if he wanted to reach the king he would have to well f first reach out to his surgeon the surgeon would need to reach out to the captain the captain would need to reach out to whatever comes in the rank and you know cross through pass through all those ranks and eventually the message of the private soldier if it can make it all the way there could reach the king and it's, it's extremely utmostly difficult for the soldiers to reach there but at the same time the soldier is immediately within the reach of the king because whenever the king wants to do so he can you know give the command and his command is going to pass all the way down to the soldier it, it is going to have priority and the king has a reach to each and every soldier in the country there is no difficulty for the king to reach right so this was a 
an analogy uh, that helped us understand that God is closer to us than our jugular vein um, and we are far from him with the difference with the caveat that the king would need the the, the field marshal and the colonel and the lieutenant colonel, lieutenant colonel the general the sergeant whatever the captain etc all those all the hierarchy and all the individuals filling the hierarchy in order to reach the soldier god does not need any of that if he puts a hierarchy in between that is that has its own wisdoms that's like proclamation of his grandeur and majesty and so on and so forth uh, he, god does not need any of that but the, the analogy helps us understand this uh, matter and we use other analogies too so Ustad Nursi is referring to that in this sentence where he says similar to the admission of the private soldier in the previous analogy to royal presence owing to untainted favor because while that is the case in the normal running of affairs while that is the case on a special day let's say a holiday at the anniversary of the enthronement of the king right the king if he wills can invite some of his soldiers let's say a representative from each borderland of the country to his royal presence and favor them personally special specially specifically right and that also is possible and in in that situation each and every one of those invited soldiers can enter the presence of the king directly and engage the king talk with the king directly right so that is a, that is a possibility too so similar to the admission of the private soldier in the previous analogy to royal presence owing to untainted favor the pure favor the soldier did not do anything about this or for this it is the king who invited him so the prayer the five daily prayers or prayer in general the the prayers that we perform as salah namaz right has a, a a quality like this it this is in its essence the reality of prayer which is in effect a kind of ascension is your admission owing to untainted mercy we need to make sure that we understand that caveat right not because of what we do to the presence of the majest majestic entity who has beauty and the beautiful worshiped one who has majesty it's a possibility and it is in the essence of the Quran, regardless of whether you are able to concentrate, whether you, you know. Of course, we need to make sure that our prayer is sahih, sound, in in in in line with the uh, teaching of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We need to try to do it, perform it as close to how the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam performed as possible. You know, if if if if we need to do two sujood, prostrate twice in each rakah, we cannot say I'm going to do once this time and uh, you know twice the other time, etc. So that that immediately invalidates the prayer, especially if we do it consciously and intentionally, right? But beyond the soundness of the prayer, the question of whether it is acceptable before God, whether uh, it is pleasing God. That, that's a different question we, we we don't we don't have any control on that obviously we would assume and hope that if we are more sincere it is going to be more acceptable etc etc but we can never be sure about that so whenever we pray we hope that it is going to be acceptable uh, by God but at the same time we carry this fear that it's going to fall short 
and you know everything that we do falls short uh, before our lord and therefore we put our hope in our lord's mercy not in what we do right so that's why we are saying owing to untainted mercy the prayer the reality of prayer is that it brings us to the presence of god the majestic entity who has beauty and the beautiful worshiped one who has majesty Allahu Akbar deyip manen ve hayalen veya niyeten iki cihandan geçip kaydı maddiyattan tecerrüd edip bir mertebe-i külliye-i ubudiyete veya külliyenin bir gölgesine veya bir suretine çıkıp bir nevi huzura müşerref olup iyyake ne'budu hitabına herkesin kabiliyeti nispetinde bir mazhariyeti azimedir. So again, we are looking at this reality of prayer. It is, that reality is to say, God is the greatest, Allahu Akbar. To put both worlds behind metaphysically. You are still in this world. You are, you know, standing on your prayer rug in a room or in a masjid somewhere. You are wearing certain outfits. You have cleaned your body in order to present yourself before your lord right so the, the the world is with you you are in the world but metaphysically in meaning in imagination or by intention right you put both worlds behind you do not do it you do not perform your prayer because you want somebody to see you because your father told you to do so because of this because of this that relates to this world and not even for the hereafter not even for paradise it is permissible to you know want to to, to attain paradise by uh, your worship but the true meaning of worship entails requires that you do it for god alone you don't even have paradise you worship god because he is worthy of worship you worship God, God because this is what you are created for. Of course, we try to attain that, right? So, putting both to put both worlds behind metaphysically, in imagination or at least by intention, right? If you can't bring all your faculties, your nafs, your your intellect, your uh, even heart, your imagination, etc., if you can bring all of them to the same point of putting both worlds behind at least you have it in your intention you you want to do that you aim that in doing what you do right then to be freed from the restrictions of materiality to as like you don't eat you don't drink you don't sleep you don't do you know other things during prayer right you it is as if you are fasting you seal yourself off from these material demands of your existence to ascend to a universal level of worshipful slavehood or a shadow of that universality or a form of it so we will try to understand what this means but the key concept here is a universal level of worshipful slavehood the universality of worship right and thus to receive a tremendous grace 
by becoming a locus of appearance in accordance with each person's capacity for the address of you alone do we worship now this is what takes us to understanding this notion of universe universality you alone do we not i we worship this is from surah al-fatiha the first chapter of the quran the fourth uh, verse you alone do we worship and you alone do we seek uh, from you alone we seek help right now elsewhere Ustad Nursi explains this matter in somewhat more detail in a few places actually I picked a section from his Mathnavi Nuri Mathnavi Nuri or Mathnavi Arabi uh, Nuri the luminous luminous Mathnavi uh, in which he explains it in a brief paragraph and it in the Mathnavi Nuri it is actually from a treatise that was written way earlier in the early 1920s called Qatra drop he says as for the secret of congregation congregation right Jama'a we the praying in congregation is very important the uh, the reward for is much higher the blessing the effusion of it is much higher as for the secret of congregation that is in the noon of na'budu now what does this mean as we said na'budu means uh, we worship abada is to worship na'budu is we worship the pronoun we is indicated by the noon the na at the beginning of the word the, the word so if i said abudu it would be i worship if i say na'abudu it mean it, it is we worship if we said ya'budu it would be he worshiped or he worships right so na'abudu is we worship that means that in the Fatiha, Surah Al-Fatiha, the chapter of the Quran that we have to read in each rak'ah, each unit of prayer, we say, we worship. We have a congregation in mind. What is that congregation? As for the secret of congregation, that is in the noon of Na'abudu, the praying person whose heart is awake. Now, in order to get the full meaning of this, the heart needs to be awake visualizes the face of the earth as a mosque and elsewhere Ustad Nursi says that he imagined this like this this was a spiritual experience for him he was praying at the Bayazid mosque in Istanbul and then he had this spiritual experience as a result of which this meaning came to his heart he imagines or vi visualizes the face of the earth as a mosque all believers line up in it with him now imagine and there are other uh, visualizations of this elsewhere like if you were praying uh, as i am in america quite far from mecca you could visualize that between mecca and you as time has uh, progressed right at the beginning of the time of prayer the the most obedient uh, believers each ran to pray in as it as the con then the congregation keeps growing and growing and growing and that is the great congregation once you stand in prayer 
especially if it is the very beginning of the prayer time because you are joining those obedient ones uh, by doing this right you join that great congregation so it is not only the congregation on your left and right and behind and front uh, at a mosque but this great congregation right but anyway we will come to it he sees himself in that tremendous congregation right all believers line up in it with him in that prayer with him he sees himself in that tremendous congregation with the agreement of the prophets and saints on the remembrance of la ilaha illallah there is no god but god allah through the congruence of their voices now he also joins the congregation of all saints and prophets messengers who came before him and are living now too uh, if you are talking about saints of god awliya right he is now endorsing the same message that they endorsed so he joins their chant their remembrance through the congruence of their voices it becomes possible for the performer of remembrances to see time as a circle of remembrance under the leadership of the imam of prophets the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam right when we join prayer the five daily prayers each time we join the five daily prayers we are joining the the, the circle of remembrance right the the dhikr circle of dhikr of the imam of the of prophets the prophets stand on the right side which is the past and the saints sit on the left side which is the future they remember god in a voice that whoever lends his ear and is a witness to his witness to this hears and if that person has good hearing and inner sight he hears remembrance of all artifacts so it is not only all the believers but you know there is nothing in the creation that does not glorify god with praise so in their peculiar ways with the tongue of their states each and everything each and every artifact each and everything that is made which is everything in creation right is remembering god is praying so in that then you can include the prayers of glorifications of remembrances of everything every obedient thing in the creation and everything is obedient to god other than you know humans and the jinn when they disobey and thus he sees himself in their circle of remembrance so the entire creation rises up rises up to chant the remembrance of god right so when we said here um one second i need to go back right that reality of prayer is to receive a tremendous grace by becoming a locus of appearance in accordance with each person's capacity for the address of now everything glorifies god but it is not everything and everybody in the creation that have this capacity to say because they are not either self-aware or aware of other things the leaf on the tree is glorifying God, but the leaf on the tree is not aware of. Um, you know, there might there might be some levels of uh, awareness. For instance, you know, we have these narrations that 
there are two mountains and one says to the other has a believer passed by you remembering God and one says yes a believer passed by me remembering God or came on me remembering God and the other one says you are so lucky I wish you know one came on me too right so th there there are these various levels of uh, awareness for inanimate beings too there are uh, angels that are representing them etc etc but the the the uh, essence the quality and uh, quantity too the the nature of that awareness is very different for the leaf and for the human being to the extent that we can see so the human being is directly at all let's say realms of existence aware of the worship the glorification of the entire creation and if he really understand this matter understands this matter the way that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he when he um, reached the presence of god in mi'raj in, in the prophetic ascension he said right all beautiful things are for god all salutations all greetings all beautiful words all praise you know they're all all all all for lillah for god and he said that in the name of the entire creation on behalf of the entire creation and then when god said said uh, assalamu alaykum ya ayyuha nabi um, he, he said uh, assalamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin so when god greeted him he received the greeting in the name of on behalf of uh, himself and all righteous people right so in the way that the Prophet وسلم, at that moment of you know you might imagine that to be a moment of ecstasy in which he should not be able to think of any of this but no that is the difference of the Prophet وسلم, he is ecstatic without losing sight without losing uh, cognizance and intellect without losing the ability to see reality as reality is he sees everything with clarity his his eye does not waver so he sees there what's going on and he interacts with the lord on behalf of the creation right so if the prayer the especially prostration prayer is the miraj accession of the believer then then the the believer who is performing his prayer can and should have this meaning in in his heart in his intention too when he says well i am a human being i am given this awareness i'm aware of myself and i can be aware of the entire creation and i know that the entire creation is glorifying god now i am presenting the glorifications the worship of the entire creation to my lord that is universality right i have my particular worship i have my particular glorification i say subhana rabbi glory be to my lord and there i recognize my the, the glory of my lord in relation to my particular existence this it's a bitsy dusty thing that i am but then but then I can also say, Subhana Rabbinas. Glory be to the Lord of humanity, 
all human beings. Now I expanded the circle. Then I can say, Subhana Rabbul Kainat. Subhana Rabbul Alameen. Or I can say, Alhamdulillah Rabbul Alameen. Praise be to the Lord of all the realms. Nothing excluded. There we attain universality. When we say, Iyaka na'abudu. When we say, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. When we say, Iyaka na'abudu. This is the universality that we want to attain. And the reality of prayer is that it is an opportunity to attain that. In it is coded the secret of opening up the gates of this universal uh, worship. Adeta harekatı salatiyede tekrarla Allahu Ekber, Allahu Ekber demekle kat-ı meratip ve terakkiyat-ı maneviyeye ve cüz'iyattan devair-i külliyeye çıkmasına bir işarettir ve marifetimiz haricindeki kemalat-ı kibriyasının mücmel bir ünvanıdır. Güya her bir Allahu Ekber bir basamak-ı miraciyeyi kat'ına işarettir. İşte şu hakikati salattan manen veya niyeten veya tasavvuran veya hayalen bir gölgesine bir şua'ına mazhariyet dahi büyük bir saadettir. It is as if saying God is the greatest Allahu Ekber while performing the motions of prayer, right? we enter prayer saying Allahu Akbar. When we go to Rukh'ah, when we bend down, we say Allahu Akbar. When we go to prostration, we say Allahu Akbar. When we sit up, we say Allahu Akbar. Right? Between the, in, in in transitioning from one state uh, to another in prayer, each time we transition, with very few exception, we say Allahu Akbar. God is greatest. It is as if saying God is the greatest while performing the motions of prayer signifies, it is a signifier, signifies the covering of levels, spiritual levels, right? The Prophet ﷺ covered, traversed through all those levels and reached the, the, the very end of creation, the created realm. And saying Allahu Akbar, it is as if saying Allahu Akbar in the prayer is like covering those distances, traversing those levels. It is as if it is metaphysical progression and one's ascension from particularity. Remember I said like, I can say, you know, I can say glory be to, to God, glory be to my Lord in, in relation to my particular existence, right? One's ascension from particularity to the circles of universality by saying, God is the greatest. God is the greatest. God is great in relation to me. God is great in relation to other human beings. God is great in relation to all living beings. God is great in relation to the world. God is great in relation to the solar system. God is great in relation to the Milky Way. God is great greater than anything that i can imagine god is greater than the entire cosmos and beyond that god is greater than anything that i can imagine conceive in my mind one's ascension from particularity to the circles of universality by saying god is the greatest and it is an abridged title 
of the perfections of his God's grandeur, which lies beyond our gnosis. Right? We can know certain things, and there are certain things beyond that, like beyond beyond what is revealed to us. We cannot know. We cannot conceive, perceive, have an understanding of the grandeur of God's entity. We can only know what is revealed, what God has made manifest through his manifestation, his conducts and attributes and names, etc. But his lot is not is not manifest. It's it's beyond our comprehension, right? Um, so when we say God is the greatest, we have that in mind too. We intend that too. We think of that as a title, as an appellation, as a signifier of the fact that God is greater than anything we can possibly imagine and conceive. As it were, each God is the greatest, each Allahu Akbar is a signifier for one, for a person covering yet another step in ascension. Hence, being graced even with a shadow or ray of this reality or prayer, metaphysically, by intention, through conceptualization or in imagination, is a great felicity. So we do not say, well, the Prophet wasallam really realized the meaning of this. Well, Abdul Qadir Jilani really realized the meaning of this. Well, Ustad Nursi really realized the meaning of this. Who are they? Who am I? You know, no, we don't say that. It is not because of what we are or what we do. It is because of the secret, the secret that is coded into the prayer itself. It is the effusion of the prayer. And even though we may not be graced by the entire reality of that effusion, well, whatever we get out of it, metaphysically, with our intention, by our intention, through conceptualization, through like thinking of this, um, although we do not think of it in detail and directly, right, because we need to focus on the prayer itself, but we, we have that understanding, we conceive what this means, or in imagination, right? Even the tiniest, tiniest bit of effusion and whoever prays, right? Unless the person is monophic, unless like it, it is in a state of duplicity, right? Has a share from it. Even the tiniest bit of that is a great felicity. There is great benefit in it. Now, this was prayer. How about other rites of Islam? İşte hacda pek kesrette Allahu Ekber denilmesi şu sırdandır. So, saying God is the greatest many times over during hajj is due to this secret. So, hajj too. We say, you know, Allahu Akbar. The entire hajj is we keep saying Allahu Akbar, right? Talbiyah, right? We say in hajj, Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik, here I am. Oh God, oh my God, I, here I am. Labbaik la sharika laka labbaik. Here I am. There is no partner to you. I don't ascribe anyone as partner to you. It is you alone. I am saying, here I am to you. Inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka. Wal mulk la sharika lak. Praise, all blessing, the dominion 
belong to you and you have no partner it's you alone that i want and it is you alone that i worship i recognize that you are greater than anything everything else so we um this this contains the meaning of allahu akbar and we say allahu akbar uh, you know specifically too many times over during hajj çünkü hacc şerif bil asale herkes için bir mertebe-i külliyede bir ubudiyettir because the noble hajj is in and of itself a form of worship at the level of universality now again it is not because of what we do it is not because of what we uh what we have attained it is not because of our state no it is the hajj in which the secret of this universality is coded and we take our share from that just by partaking in it in hajj is the meaning of this universal worshipful slavehood nasıl ki bir nefer bayram gibi bir yevmi mahsusta ferik dairesinde bir ferik gibi padişahın bayramına gider ve lütfuna mazhar olur öyle de bir hacı ne kadar amide olsa katlı meratip etmiş bir veli gibi umum aktarı arzın Rabbi azimi ünvanıyla Rabbine müteveccihtir bir ubudiyet-i külliye ile müşerreftir how so in the way that on a special day like a holiday such as a holiday a private soldier attends the festivities of a king in the circle of a lieutenant general like a lieutenant general right this is a special day there are festivities going on the lieutenant general is invited to the presence of the king along with the entire unit that he is commanding so the soldier then is is entering the presence of the king with the lieutenant general almost as if he is a lieutenant general himself he is being uh, he is being the recipient of the same kind of favor that the lieutenant general is right a private soldier and attends the festivities of a king in the circle of a lieutenant general like a lieutenant general and receives the king's favors in the same way regardless of how ordinary he is how ordinary perhaps even lowly a person that that he is a Haji pilgrim faces his Lord as the bearer of the title of the tremendous Lord of the regions of the earth he the the Haji pilgrim stands before God right with God's title as the bearer of the title of the tremendous Lord of all regions of the earth all the realms like a saint who has covered levels right a saint who covers levels st- stands before his lord whether at hajj or not at hajj as the lord of all the realms he he has attained the saint has attained that that station that state and station the ordinary muslim has not attended it right but the station is present in hajj and therefore by stepping into let's say the haram during tawaf that hajj pilgrim 
is also taking part in the effusions in the blessings or partaking the effusions and blessings of that station it is not his state or station it is not what the Hajj pilgrim has attained but he is stepping into a station in which this is the the reality right a Hajj pilgrim faces his Lord as the bearer of the title of the tremendous Lord of all regions of the earth like a saint who has covered levels he is honored by universal worshipful slavehood so you go to Hajj and you go with a pure intention you are not there because you want to uh, you know go back home and marry because the father of your uh, prospective bride won't uh, give his permission until you, until you perform Hajj I, don't know, I just made up that scenario um, or you know you want to go back home and have a beard and be called Haji therefore people trust you more and therefore your business flourishes no you go to Hajj because that's a right of Islam because you want to worship your Lord now in that perhaps you, you your lower soul has not been fully purified perhaps you still have a nafsulamara evil commanding soul perhaps you are a sinner perhaps you have not been able to purify your heart and therefore even during the tawaf these you know shameful things come to your mind you cannot escape them perhaps perhaps perhaps perhaps you do not know the the rules of Hajj uh, well enough and therefore although you are doing your utmost in order to perform it as as close to how the Prophet performed it as possible you are still falling short but where you have stepped into is that station of universal worshipful uh, universal uh, worshipful slavehood and therefore you are being honored by it you are being honored with it Elbette hac miftahıyla açılan meratibi külliye-i rububiyet ve dürbünüyle nazarına gören afak-ı azamet-i uluhiyet ve şairiyle kalbine ve hayaline gittikçe genişlenen devair-i ubudiyet ve meratibi kibriya ve ufku tecelliyatın verdiği hararet, gayret ve dehşet ve heybet-i rububiyet Allahu Ekber, Allahu Ekber ile teskin edilebilir. Of course, the universal levels of lordship that open with the hac's key Right, it is it is like a key. You put it in the keyhole, turn it, the door opens. The door may be heavy. You may not be able to, you know, pull it. But once you put the key in, it opens itself. The horizons of the tremendousness of divinity that one sees through its binoculars. So we are talking about height, right? The, it, of course, the universal levels of lordship that open with the height's key the horizons of the tremendousness of divinity that one sees through its binoculars it's like you, you you wouldn't be able to see there but Hajj gives you a binocular and you look and you see the circles of worshipful slavehood that expand in one's heart and imagination with its rights and the heat bewilderment dread and awe of lordship that are experienced before the levels of grandeur and the horizon of manifestation so it is a tremendous thing you are 
stepping into a tremendous thing you you, you will start trembling it's it's going to overcome you right and Sadhguru says that can be calmed down. Perhaps we can add like yeah, that can only be calmed down, but maybe there are other ways too. But that can be calmed down with Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. This is overcoming me. This is beyond me. I cannot even imagine what's going on here. It's I, I'm I'm I'm drowning in this in this light, this effusion, this blessing, and the, the this grandeur, this this majesty. It is. It is beyond me. It is, you know, it's, it's, it's flying above my head. I am drowning. I am suffocating. I cannot handle this. But God is the greatest. I put my trust in Him, and He is going to save me. He is the. the there is nothing, nothing that can, that can, uh, help me survive, and at the same time benefit. And come out of this with the best of effusions and blessings and benefits other than him he is the one he can give it to me he has the power he has power over everything he is greater than everything I put my trust in him ve onunla o meratibi münkeşrife-i meşhude veya mutasavvere ilan edilebilir and with it i.e. by saying Allahu Akbar can those unveiling levels that are witnessed or conceptualized so Ustad is open to either that can be an experience in Hajj you can be truly experiencing all of these things or you can be conceptualizing them you can be thinking of them you may have read about them and you may be imagining you may be you know you may be contemplating them but either way, those unveiling levels that are witnessed or conceptualized be proclaimed. By going there, by following in the steps of the Prophet ﷺ, by partaking this great right of Islam, now you have you are given the the right and ability to proclaim all those levels, all those horizons, all that grandeur, all that uh, majesty and all that beauty and all that glory you are given you are given the right and privilege to proclaim it you are given the privilege to say labbaik allahumma labbaik i came to you who are you to come to god come on who are you you are that private soldier who is um you know keeping guard on a cold snowy night at the far off borderland of the country nobody knows about you nobody sees you but this is a festivity this is a special day this is a holiday everybody is invited and by coming here you are now in the presence of the king you are in the presence of the king you are given the privilege of saying glory be to you you are the greatest to the king of all kings to god Hacdan sonra şu manayı ulvi ve külli muhtelif derecelerde bayram namazında, yağmur namazında, husuf küsuf namazında, cemaatle kılınan namazda bulunur. İşte şair-i İslami'nin böyle sünnet kabilinden, kabilinden dahi olsa ehemmiyeti şu sırdandır. After hac, so we 
we talked about uh, the, the daily prayers, performing the prayers. We talked about Hajj. Sadhguru says, after Hajj, this lofty and universal meaning, universal worshipful slavehood, the position and privilege of the human being before God to represent the entire creation universally, to represent the worship, the glorification, right, the remembrance, the salutations, the greetings of the entire creation, to and and to present them to God. When we say right, we are presenting all of that with our intention to our Lord, and therefore our worship is attaining a state of universality. After Hajj, this lofty and lofty and universal meaning exists in the Eid prayer, the prayer of rain, the prayers of lunar and solar eclipse, and these are all times of prayer, right? When there's a lunar eclipse, we pray in a specific way as um, as described to us by the Prophet Wasallam, as described and also shown in practice, or solar eclipse, and congregational prayers in general. Thus, the importance of the rights of Islam. Now, these are all rights of Islam. These are, I used to use the word tokens of Islam, but I came to um, decide that the, the using right is a better choice uh, of the translation of the word shi'ar. The importance of the rights of Islam, even if they are sunnas, like they are not fard. If you are Hanafi, they are not wajib. And we know that you know fard is stronger than wajib and wajib is stronger than sunnah right but even if they are sunnas right the the prayer of um, lunar eclipse for instance it's sunnah for the shafi's the um, Eid prayer is sunnah right prayer of rain is sunnah you, you, you it is not far it's not an obligation right but or even if they are not as strong because these are shi'ar these are rights of islam these are things that proclaim Islam. These are things that proclaim God's glory and majesty. Right? Because of this, they are important. They are more important, you know, if if you had to make a comparison in in that there are cases in which you would see that they are more important than individual obligations thus the importance of the rights of islam even if they are sunnas is due to this secret the universality of worship in your individual pr uh, prayer if you are unaware of this notion of universality of worship and incapable of putting that into your intention then your worship is a particular one but in these rites of islam the universality is more manifest you go there all together say rain prayer it has not rained for you know two months at the time when you really need the rain in order for the grains to uh, the the the plants the you know the the um, uh, produce to grow it has not the land is parched and everybody is looking forward to the end of the season the harvest season with dread if if rain does not come you might be facing famine 
now you understand your lord is the provider your lord is the the, the source of all mercy rain is mercy right all together you recognize all um all i-ness all ego all ego has dropped down you are all in absolute utter dire need and you stand before your lord together in congregation recognizing his his station thus the importance of the rights of islam even if they are sunnas is due to this secret and then ustad nursi ends this treatise with um a few uh, glorifications and verses we are going to read through them too inshallah subhana man ja'ala khaza'inuhu al kafi wa nuni glory be to the one who places treasures between kaf and nun kaf and nun i.e kun i.e b kun fayakun right we said b his way is uh when, when he wills to do something right his way is to say b and it is as simple as that god does not need uh effort and engagement and you know physical engagement and you know burden and uh you know stages and means and etc so he, he doesn't need anything to to bring anything into existence his way of bringing things into existence is to say kun kaf and nun what can be more powerful than that that is the ultimate that i mean as uh ultimate that the human intellect can conceive and perceive that's the ultimate uh, ultimate level of power so we say glory be to the one who places treasures treasures all these blessings that we are enjoying in life the manifestations of his names and attributes right he placed all of them between kaf and nun kun he's majestic he is so glorious right so glory be to him in whose hand lies control over all things or in whose hand lies domination over all things mulk right so sorry uh, malakut is the word and we talked about this right malakut is uh, mulk is property dominion right i have a pen and it is a substance that i can hold in my hand and i can write with it etc let's assume that i own the pen i have the mulkiya i have the uh, the property ownership of the pen right but do i really do i really have entire control do i really have entire domination do i have the malakut of the pen like do i have any uh engagement with understanding of conception of or power over all those uh, electrons and protons and neutrons and quarks or whatever that is fast moving in the pan like the probably the millions perhaps billions of subatomic particles that are making this thing do i have any control over the 
the the pen in the angelic realm there is an angel that, that that's appointed to it and when i put it to the paper and uh, and, and paint comes out that that is not really happening because i put the pen on the paper that's actually happening because god is creating the paint on the paper in close proximity with me putting the pen on the paper etc etc there are there are many aspects of this yeah, it, it can it can go on but right god has domination over everything his is the milk his is the dominion but his is also domination so glory be to him in whose hand lies domination over all things like this thing that we think causality in the world that i that that the the earth pulls things therefore the apple is falling that's nonsense the earth is not pulling the apple how can the earth pull the apple what is it that is actually happening between the apple and the earth nobody knows we only observe this happening again and again and again and again and we assume that that that, that is a power that we can ascribe or attribute to the earth but that is a false uh, attribution that's a false assumption the reality is that god is creating the earth and god is creating the apple and god is creating the apple as getting closer and closer to earth and whatever power is in there in the domination side of things right that we do not see because we do not see gravity right that belongs to god that is from god so glory be to him in whose hand lies domination over all things Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim so we read this at the end of each uh, reflection but here it is in the treatise itself glory be to you we have no knowledge no knowledge other than that which you have taught us indeed you are all knowing all wise this is uh, surah al-baqarah second chapter of the quran verse 32 رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَخِذْنَا إِنَّ سِنَا وَخْتَعْنَا Our Lord, do not take us to task. Do not, do, do not hold us accountable if you forget or make mistakes because we are bound to. Insan, right, and Nisyan are very similar and, and, and closely connected. The human being and forgetfulness are very closely connected. Oh God, we will forget. When we stand before you in prayer, bless us, bless us with the ability to have our heart and mind present in your presence and be able to have this intention of universal worshipful slavehood before you so that we can fulfill our task in this creation of presenting the worship the salutations the greetings the glorifications of the entire creation to you our lord do not let our hearts deviate after you have guided us grant us your mercy you are the ever giving وصلي وسلم على رسولك الأكرم مظهر اسمك العظام
وعلى آله وأصحابه وإخوانه وأتباعه آمين يا أرحم الراحمين And send blessings and greetings of peace to your most honored messenger, the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. The locus of appearance of your greatest name is Right? God has one of his names is the greatest one. And it is not disclosed to us. We can make guesses. There are various narrations. There are various... Um, trials you know scholars uh, gnostics even the companions of the prophet have all tried taken their shots and it the, the greatest name may be different uh, for everybody like there might be a greatest name that is manifest on me and there might be a greatest name that's manifest on you there might be a greatest name that's manifest on the flower and these may be different but then there is a greatest name that's manifest on the entire creation and the prophet sallallahu his light being the first thing that is created and he being the recipient the, the locus of appearance of all the great names at the greatest station that those names are manifest right being that he is the recipient of the greatest name the absolute the the the unrestricted unspecified universal greatest name two the locus of appearance of your greatest name and on his family right send your blessings and greetings on his family his companions brothers and followers i mean all the most merciful of the mercy givers سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم وآخر دعواهم الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة اللهم صل